Blog Talk Radio. We're so excited to share this next song with you. We want to welcome a dear brother who's going to come out and help us sing it. Y'all give a warm welcome to Dante Bo. For God so loved the world that 
tonight. This broadcast is In the Word with Sister Pearl. I'm your Sister Pearl, and I cannot uh, welcome you enough. I'm so blessed to have you with me, listening from all around the world tonight, in all of the continents of the world, probably except for Antarctica. We've got so many nations all over the globe, and I am just so humbled to be a Share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. I want to talk about the name that's high above every other name. That's the name of Jesus. So glad to have you with us and joining us tonight. God bless you. Well, another time I have the privilege, thank God, for the servant of the Lord, Evangelist Montel Fields, who is the visionary for Reaching Out Radio International, and she allows us this privilege to share the gospel that goes all across the world. And I thank God for raising her up and using her for such a time as this. I'm going to pray, pray for you, pray for myself, and let's just get straight into the Word of God tonight. I have some wonderful things to share with you about the kingdom of God so important, so vital that you and I understand truly what is the kingdom of God and how we can enter the kingdom of God. So let's just pray together. Won't you join with me? If you can bow your heads, that's fine. If not, just pray with me in your heart. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this opportunity to be able to uh, share and spend some time with my brothers and my sisters in different nations around the world. God, I just thank you for them. Thank you for these precious people that have tuned in t- tonight to listen to what you have to say through your servant. What I am saying is not important, but everything that you say is important. And so we want to really focus. 
we want to really listen intently and we want to be free of all distractions and everything else that might color our thinking. Father God, just make this word come alive. It is so important for us to understand about your kingdom. Your kingdom is what you want us blood-washed believers to live in, to function in, to walk in, to be intentional about living within your kingdom, Lord God, and to understand that your kingdom is higher than any other kingdom on the planet. And so I pray that you'd make this word come alive, make it fresh for those who have heard before, and for those who have never heard what it is to enter the kingdom of God, may tonight be the defining moment that they come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and begin walking the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you that you're going to draw many men, women, boys, and girls to yourself this hour, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 9 and 10, first acknowledges and he hallows, meaning that he honors as holy the name of his heavenly Father. He, Jesus, sets the environment and the perspective. Just as we see in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God. That is so important for us to understand. Before anything else, there is God. And Jesus teaches his disciples to pray that God's kingdom come and that his will be done on earth, in heaven. In other words, in the very same way the kingdom of God is carried out in heaven or God's government operates in heaven, we should pray that his kingdom be executed or put in place on the earth where you and I live. I'm going to read you a very important part of scripture found in First Chronicles in the Old Testament. David prayed the Lord presence of the whole assembly, saying, I'm reading from First Chronicles 29, 10 to 20, in case you're following with me in your Bibles. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. Now, our God, we give thanks. We give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners 
and strangers in your sight, as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Lord, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. Give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes, and decrees, and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, assembly, praise the Lord, your God. So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord. And the king. I just read from First Chronicles chapter twenty nine, verses ten. Again, that was First Chronicles chapter twenty nine, verses ten through twenty. We're talking tonight about God's kingdom, and what I just read to you was from the Old Testament. And even though David was king of Israel, and just about to pass on his kingship. To his son Solomon, he let the people know, he let the Israel people know that God was above all. Again, I read to you the end part of that verse 11 in chapter 29. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. And this is something tremendous that King David acknowledged that God, was indeed king even over him. God placed to be king of Israel, but David acknowledged that above me is God. And that's what I want to talk tonight. I want to talk about the kingdom of God and our place and our position in the kingdom of God. I also want to talk about nation. Nation means a large body of people united by common descent history, culture, or language inhabiting a particular country or territory. So I'll give you an example. For an example, BLM is nation. KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, is a nation. LGBTQIA plus is a nation. And standing for mainstream media is a nation. All of these groups mentioned are nations, but they're not kingdoms. People who ascribe to a culture of death belong to a nation, or as many like to say, they found their tribe. They found their group, which they feel comfortable with. So many people pick the church they belong to, not necessarily for the right reasons, but they want to belong to a nation. They wish to be a part of a tribe. Now, what I'm talking about tonight is something very, very different. 
I'm not talking about us belonging to a nation in particular, but I'm talking about belonging to the kingdom of God. However, when one recognizes the reality that for one to belong to the kingdom of God, one has to go beyond merely becoming a part of a group of people. One must submit to a king, and not merely any ordinary king, but the king of all kings. One must yield to and submit oneself to the supreme authority of the king. I want to explain to you the word kingdom and what kingdom means. Kingdom is talking about sovereignty, dominion, reign, royal power, kingship, authority, especially of God, both in the world and in the hearts of men and women, hence kingdom in the concrete sense. What I'm going to be speaking on today is not pertaining to any earthly realm or kingdom, just as Jesus said very clearly in John chapter 18, verses 36 through 37. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. This cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And how, tell me, does one become a member or gain access to the kingdom of God? The Lord himself explained to us how we can enter into the very kingdom of God. And Jesus gives us the answer for that in the Gospel of John, chapter 3 and verse 3. Jesus replied, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, I need to back up just a bit to give the background story, to give the context of who Jesus was speaking to and why the Lord was saying this. And I'm reading from John chapter 3 now, verse 1. Now, there was a Pharisee. A man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, he came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one, no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. John 3, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, I'm reading now from Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. I want to talk about who Jesus called the Pharisees, okay? So I just read previously the time when Jesus 
told Nicodemus that he needed to be born again in order to enter God's kingdom. See, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Nicodemus was a very religious, devout Jewish person. But Nicodemus was not yet born again. And I want you to understand where Nicodemus was coming from because he was coming as a Pharisee. And Jesus spoke about the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. And I want to read that to you right now. Then Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift even a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and to be called rabbi by others. Now, the Pharisees of the Bible days later evolved into what we would know as the rabbinical Jews of today. Now, I'm sharing a few details with you so that you may be able to better understand. What I'm not doing is I am not to judge the religious groups and sects of Jews around you, but to just give you some insight of people in general, whether they be Jew or Gentile. More importantly, this knowledge is for us to gain better insight of ourselves and make sure that we, even if we're Gentile, that we are genuinely born again, born into the kingdom of God, and not merely belonging to a tribe, whether that be a religious tribe or a religious nation, we need to, to do much more than simply belong to a group where we feel comfortable with and go to that particular church. And I say that in quotation because really the building is never the church. The church are the people of God that have been taken out of dark to his marvelous light. The ecclesia is the real church. You and I, if you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, if you've been born again, then you are the church or you're part of the church. So why is it so important that you and I are born again, born a second time? The Pharisees relied solely. They depended completely on their own understanding of the word of God. They studied the Torah with all of its rules, laws, and regulations in order that they may receive righteousness or be in a good standing, in a good relationship with God. They, however, were not willing to humble themselves and realistically admit that in their own flesh, they used their own strength and ability, they had no power 
to please and honor God, the great almighty one. Nicodemus, being a Pharisee, should have inquired of the Lord, what did he, Jesus, have that he, Nicodemus, did not have? Instead, he merely made an observation and told Jesus, well, you must be a teacher sent from God because of the many miracles that you are performing. Now, God did not send us on earth simply to observe, as Nicodemus was observing the master. But God sent us on the earth to occupy and to fulfill our God-given destinies on the earth. You and I can walk around, we can skip around, even jump around. The real purpose that God has put us on the planet. But if we're going to hit the bullseye, if we're going to hit the real target and find ourselves in the very center of God's will and plan for our lives, we cannot do so without being born again, truly born again. With God and his kingdom, it is not about hit and miss but straight for the bullseye. We need to be in the direct center of his will and be living and moving in the realm that God has for us. This is the extreme importance and need for us to be born again. When we are born of the spirit of God, it is no longer me or you trying our very best to follow God, relying on our own strength. Instead, it is by God's precious and most powerful divine Holy Spirit living within us who gives us the power to do his will on the earth. Now, this is genuine kingdom living. I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is what it means to be born of the Spirit of God. You and I are no longer relying or depending on our spirit to do the will of God. But instead, he sends his Holy Spirit to live in us and get the job done. Now, what I'm going to say in the next minute, I have said it on previous broadcasts, but I want to say it again for those who may not have heard this before. I've traveled to different places. God has given me that opportunity, and whether I am in my own native country of the United States of America or I'm in another country, I have sometimes heard people come to me and and tell me this. Well, you know, Sister Pearl, I tried to live a Christian life. I tried it for about six months. Other people told me I tried it for about a year. Still other people told me, I tried for two years to live a Christian life, but then finally I gave up. 
because I realized that I could not live a Christian life. And then they would look to me for me to feel sorry for them, you know, and just, you know, just feel bad. But instead, I I remember one particular young man, and it's almost like I can see his face right now before me. I remember looking him straight in his eyes, and I said very calmly, I am glad that you finally came to the realization that you, in your own strength, you using your own abilities, you depending on your own power, cannot live a Christian life. I said, I totally understand you. I get it. And you're right. You cannot live a Christian life. And he looked at me with great surprise because he expected for me to say something else. But what, what it is is he, he himself never understood what it really means to be a follower of Christ. Because if you and I are going to really truly follow God, if we're really going to be able to obey God and to please the Lord and to do the things that he wants us to do and to live the way that he wants us to live, we cannot do this on our own. We cannot do this in our own strength. We cannot do this in our own ability. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to come inside of us, to dwell and reside in us so that he is the one who gives us the strength to say no to the devil and to say yes to God who is holy. It is not by your strength. It is not by your power that you can follow God and and do the things that he wants you to do. That's not the way you get it done. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need to be born again. We need the spirit of God to come and dwell in us. First, we're born from our mother. We're born in the flesh, okay, Our mothers gave birth to us, and we were born in the flesh. That's the first birth. The second birth that everybody needs on planet Earth, if they're a human being, is that we need to be born of the Spirit of God so that his Spirit can come and live in us and dwell with us and give us what we need, his power, his way. Even in the Old Testament, Look at what I found in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 27. The word of God says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. So in other words, the prophet Ezekiel is is foretelling that there will come a time when God will put his spirit within us. You and I need the Holy Spirit within us. This is not just like some kind of a dead, dry religion where you're trying to follow a lot of rules, laws, and regulations hoping to please God. No. This is being born of God and born in the kingdom. 
born again. Now, in, in the New Testament, Paul tells his spiritual son, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 14, guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure which has been entrusted to you. And what is that treasure that the Apostle Paul was telling his spiritual son, Timothy, about? He was talking about the Holy Spirit. He's the treasure that we have when we are born into the kingdom of God. So let us look at all of this kingdom talk very honestly. Number one, first to even enter the kingdom of God, we must be born again. That's the first requirement. You and I, for us to enter God's kingdom, we must be born again. We must acknowledge our need of the Savior. We must understand that in our own flesh, we don't have the power to honor God the way that he deserves to be honored, to live for God the way that he deserves for us to live for him. So the first thing is that we need to enter the kingdom of God. We've got to be born again. The second thing is we should be convinced once we're born of the Spirit of God, born again, and we've entered the kingdom of God, we should be convinced that we are his, that we belong to Jesus, and by his Spirit indwelling us. Let me read to you from the scriptures, amen. First, I want to read to you from this precious scripture. For if we live, okay, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. Spirit do mortify, meaning if you through the spirit do kill the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. So we are debtors. We are debtors. Amen. To the flesh, to live after the flesh, but to live after the spirit of God. Amen. Now, the third thing of it is we must intentionally live as kingdom sons and daughters of the most high God. When I go out of my home, I should not just live haphazardly. I should not just live in a way, well, let me see what is going to happen today. No, I have to leave my house understanding who I am within the kingdom of God. 
I've got to understand who my God is. He is God. He is the only true and living God. There is no one like him. And I have been born again. I have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. I've had my sins forgiven. And and now I am living as a daughter of the Most High God. You that have been washed by the blood of Jesus, had your sins forgiven, uh, you have been born again, you are a part of the kingdom of God, and you have to live like somebody that belongs to the kingdom of God. So you intentionally live as kingdom sons and daughters of the Most High God. You understand. You've got to understand who you are in Christ and who, most importantly, who God is, who your God is, who your God is. That's what you have to understand. John chapter 8, verse 44, you belong, this, this part now, Jesus was saying to people that don't belong to God. Unfortunately, there's a whole lot of people, millions of people that don't follow God, that don't love God, that are not interested in his ways, that are not born again. And Jesus talks about this category of people in John chapter 8, verse 44. And he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. This is how the world lives. See, I want to talk for a minute to the people that are belonging to the kingdom of God. Do not think it's strange that people don't like you. Sometimes you do absolutely nothing, and they just don't like you. Why? Because they belong to a different father than yours. They belong to their father, the devil. They want to carry out their father's desires. And what is his desire? He desires to murder. He desires to kill. He desires to steal. He desires to confuse. He desires to lie. It says he's not holding to the truth. That's what Jesus said about the devil. Jesus said there is no truth in the devil. When he lies, listen to this, he speaks his native language. So in other words, Jesus is saying it is normal for the devil to lie. That's his language. And those that follow him, that's their language. He is a liar and the father of lies. And this is how the world lives. This is how the world functions. But that is not how you and I must function as people that belong to the kingdom of God. Remember in the beginning we were talking about the difference between a nation and a kingdom. Nation means that, you know, anybody who feels comfortable with this group of people because of their ideology, because of what they think, then that's a nation. Like I said before, BLM, that was a whole nation. Uh, when you listen to mainstream media on the television, on the radio, they're all saying the exact same thing, same line, same story. Not because they're telling the truth, 
but because they're all speaking the same thing because they're from the same nation, the same tribe, and they lie. You and I are not to live like that. If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, if you've had your sins forgiven, if you are born again, you are to live intentionally as a child of the kingdom of God. You belong to the kingdom of God. You are not like everybody else. Do not function like everybody else. Do not conduct business like everybody else. In the kingdom of God, we live very differently from the world. Jesus said in John chapter 17, verses 14 through 16, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them away from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. If you belong to the kingdom of God, then you are an alien. You are a foreigner. You are a stranger. You are a sojourner. You're just passing through like me. You don't belong to this world. You're given to this world for a time to be God's ambassadors on the earth. But you don't belong here. Don't try to fit in because you do not belong here. I do not belong here if I belong to Jesus. Heaven belongs to me. I've got another destination. This is not my final home. Thank God. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 14 says this. God through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure which has been entrusted to you, the Holy Spirit. If you belong to the kingdom of God, you live very differently from the other people that are not in the kingdom of God. If you're a man, you're not involved in pornography. You're not going to take the Holy Spirit that indwells you to be sitting down and filling your soul with porn flicks because you would know that that's not the will of God for a man of God. Amen. Amen. So we have to guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Guard that great deposit that God has put inside of you because you're not in this world. If you're a woman of God, you're not trying to look like all of the the women in this world that all they feel that they need to do is, is show a lot of flesh. Obviously, they don't know who they are. So it's so obvious that they're looking to, 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 to please people, whether it's the lust of people or they want to be liked or whatever, to see some of these individuals that they don't know who they are. One of the most startling realities that I had to come to grips with in this 21st century, specifically from March 2020, 2020 to our present time, is why so many individuals were swept away, deceived, and sad to say, but were duped 
into what many of us, even hundreds of thousands of non-believers, saw as very strange and downright wrong, evil, what we've dealt with in the last two years, not only in this country but around the world. It is now very obvious to me that there are millions in the Western church and even beyond the Western church who are not kingdom-minded meaning they do not conduct business as individuals belonging to the kingdom of God. They either operate fully under the world system, fully, completely, totally under the world system, or they try to mix the two, the worldly system with God's system. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Mixing the world things that belong to God, never, and I repeat, never works. It never works. We're not meant to mix. It fails every time. Fails every time. Humpty Dumpty. How many of you ever heard that nursery rhyme? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Now, I believe the author of this nursery rhyme had a a different take on what I'm about to suggest. But to me, Humpty Dumpty is an excellent illustration to depict many of us claiming to be members of God's kingdom and how we conduct business. Whenever we saw Humpty Dumpty portrayed in children's books or periodicals, we see him dressed up in old century English style clothing as an egg. Eggs do not have bottoms designed for sitting. Am I right? Yes, I am. Eggs are always oval in shape. So why would this Humpty Dumpty character be sitting on a wall? Of course, he's going to have a great fall. He was not designed to sit on walls. Eggs cannot sit or be placed upright on a wall. Now, you're going to say, well, Sister Pearl, where are you going with all this egg talk? As children of the living God, partakers of the kingdom of God, you and I must not be sitting on a wall. This is far more serious than an old English nursery rhyme. In the case of the fictitious Humpty Dumpty, he had a great fall, and no one was able to put him back together again. However, you and I, while, thank God Almighty, we were not created as eggs, we were made to stand and live in victory. While all the king courses, And all the king's men could not put together a spilled, broken, fractured egg. God can easily put you and put me back together again. We're not an egg. We were made after his image and after his likeness. However, we cannot rely on our own strength or even enter his kingdom. far less live victoriously in it. 
unless we are willing to open up our lives, not in a vain religious way or merely say some quickie prayer, but we have to have a heart change to totally see, comprehend that without Christ, we are forever missing the mark. We need his Holy Spirit inside of us to lead, guide, and empower us to live for him. Remembering that we are the true aliens on planet Earth. It is not merely somebody coming from another country, whether it's an African nation, a South American nation, an Eastern European nation, and then they come to your country. If your country is Canada or your country is Australia or your country is the USA or some European country, and then these foreigners come, no. You and I are the real aliens on planet Earth. You and I, if we belong to the kingdom of God, we are aliens on this planet. Turn to the scripture that I quoted from at the very beginning of this passage, and that was First Chronicles chapter 29. But this time we'll read further down in that chapter. I'm going to read verse 15. For we are sojourners before you and tenants as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no hope of remaining on the earth. We represent God when we live down here, meaning on planet earth. We're not in heaven yet. We're still on planet earth. While we're on planet earth, we represent God. Amen. When we live down here, we represent God. Paul the Apostle tells the church at Corinth this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You and I ever want to live the way that God ordained, we must humble ourselves and admit that in our own strength, in our own power, we can have the best of thoughts, but in our own ability, we're going to always fail God who is holy. That's why in order to please God, we need to live by the Spirit of God. We need to let his Holy Spirit come and have his way in and through us. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot please God on our own. We cannot live for God on our own. We need to be born again in order to even enter the kingdom of God. Just to get the entry into the kingdom, we must be born again. And so, live life as kingdom ambassadors. Represent the kingdom of God, not the world. The challenge is being placed to you that are listening to Sister Pearl tonight. 
Do you belong to God's kingdom? Are you a son of God? Are you a, a, a daughter of God? Are you children of the most high God? Or are you merely religious? You go to church on Sundays or whenever they have a, 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 a spiritual meeting, you're there in the service. But the question is, have you been born again? Because that's the en- how you enter the door, not how you get to the finish line. That's how you enter the door. That's how you become a part of the kingdom of God. You must Absolutely must, just like Jesus told Nicodemus. Nicodemus went, you know, to pump Jesus up and tell him that I know that you must be a, you know, you must be a teacher sent from God because nobody else could do all the miracles that you're doing. Jesus was not excited about what Nicodemus told him. Instead, he just went straight and told Nicodemus what he needed to hear. Look, you're a Pharisee, okay? Very devout in what you believe, but you're not going to be able to enter the kingdom of God as religious as you are unless you are born again, born of the spirit of God, changed, transformed, out of darkness, go into the light. This is only part one of God's kingdom. going to talk more next Sunday night, Lord willing, about God's kingdom and how you and I must live intentionally as people belonging to another kingdom. See, I I, I cannot get totally frustrated and, and, you know, lose hope and, you know, be so downtrodden. Even during this whole two years, I could not live like that. Why? Because I don't belong to this world. I'm just a traveler. I'm just somebody that's, you know, an alien. I'm just passing through. I'm like one of the definitions for the word, you know, was telling us about the the fact that we're aliens. I'm just like a tenant. I'm not putting down roots here for eternity because I don't I don't want to live here eternally down on this troubled earth and God doesn't want for me to live here forever on this earth either. He's prepared heaven for me and for all of us who trust put our faith and trust in God. So I want to pray in the next three minutes for those of you that perhaps you've never entered the kingdom of God but you want to because that's the beginning. That's when you know the Spirit of God will be deposited in you, and you'll have the power to say no to the devil, to say yes to God. Well, I can't save anybody. Nobody on this radio program or this channel can save anybody. There is nobody on the face of the earth that can save people except Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can save us. But I could lead you in a prayer, and if if what I'm saying is what you want to say from your heart, please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, In Jesus' name, I come to you. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've offended you, that I've disobeyed you. 
time and time again. But Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in the precious blood of Jesus. Help me to follow you, to live for you, to know you, to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord, that you give me this opportunity. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my own mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. And I thank you, Lord, that from this moment on, I belong to you. You belong to me. I am part of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer with your sister Pearl, just know that God has heard you, and he is sending his Holy Spirit to come and live, indwell you, so that from now on, you're not depending on your own carnal flesh to do the will of God. But you're going to draw from that river of living water that is inside of you, the Lord Jesus. He's sending his Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you. I just want to tell you that uh, we love you so very much, all of us here at Reaching Out Radio International. Your sister Pearl loves you very much, but God loves you even more. We pray for you. We bless you. And if we can help you in any way, please do not fail to reach out to us uh, by email and let us hear from you. This is your sister Pearl tonight for In the Word with Sister Pearl, Reaching Out Radio International. Have a wonderful week. I look forward to talk to you again next Sunday night or whenever you happen to listen on demand to In the Word with Sister Pearl. Get ready. We're going to be doing the kingdom of God, God's kingdom, part two. You don't want to miss it. Bye-bye.